welcome to Street Level Theology. I'm Gabriel Medina. And I'm Eric Cobb. In this podcast, we talk about topics through a biblical lens to help us live the life God calls us to live. We hope and pray that this podcast will encourage you in your obedience to God for His glory. All right, Eric. Today, I wanted to talk about interpersonal conflict. You know, every single person deals with conflict with people. Every single person I know has been hurt or wronged by somebody. Mm-hmm. And so specifically, what I want to talk about is the result that happens from unresolved hurt or unresolved conflict, and that being bitterness. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe the next podcast, we'll talk about how to solve just conflict when it happens. Cool. Interpersonal conflict. But I wanted to kind of go to the extreme because I think a lot of us have this go to the bitterness, the effects from unresolved conflict and mm-hmm. unresolved hurt and just kind of go to that top layer mm-hmm. that that hurt has made. So what would you say bitterness is? You know, I was talking with a couple just on Sunday, right before service. I'll do like an hour of marriage counseling with a couple and right. worked out really good. So the passage that we were looking at was in Ephesians 4 and it's in 31 Ephesians 4 31 says let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you and what I noticed when I read it to them and I hadn't really seen this before because I was really after verse 32 the forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you yeah, But the verse before is really cool because those are multiple species of anger, right? So you got bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, uh, slander, and malice. And what I when I read it, I was like, oh, you know, there's kind of like hot and cold versions of anger, right? Yeah. Like the wrath is like a hot version of anger, right? But the bitterness can be a cold version you know, where you're just kind of gotten really cold to people. So I would just say bitterness would be it's unforgiveness, right? Bitterness is unforgiveness. It's, it's anger. That's had a long time to compost, you know, and it's become a settled disposition. It's a settled, like a settled unforgiveness. It's a settled anger. That's just had a lot of time to mature and dig really deep into your heart. In Hebrews, it talks about not letting a root of bitterness get in you. And I like that image because it's something, it's an embedded long-term unforgiveness and anger, you know, yeah. you don't get bitter in a day. Yeah, like Bitterness is something that grows over time and it, it becomes an entrenched way of thinking about a particular person. Yeah. Bitterness is not the layer of dust on your car that just happened that day. Totally. Bitterness is the layer of dust that happened months ago and now you're trying to scrub it off your car. Totally. It is interesting because like, man, so many conflicts, if we do know how to deal with them biblically and rightly, they're actually really easy to get out. If Mm -hmm. you do it sooner. Yeah. A lot of longer you wait. Like if you, you know, there are a lot of things that get dirty or stained and if you dealt with it right, you know, it'd be easy to get rid of. Yeah. And bitterness is when we've left the work undone for quite some time. And it's and more another, than actually leaving it undone. It's actually, we fed it. You know, there's that saying of like nurse a grudge. 
which is a great way of talking about it. You know, almost like you're nursing a baby, right? So nursing a grudge, like you're holding that, you're holding that unforgiveness. You're holding that anger up to your chest and and feeding the little thing. That's a weird imagery. You're right. I know. I, I, one time I was preaching on it and I actually acted it out, but you know, you nurse that grudge. You've been feeding that little guy. Yeah. (laughs) You've been feeding him. And he's an ugly he's little thing. You know, he's yeah. getting stronger, right? He's getting yep. stronger. And so you're welcome for that. That's bonus. <laughs> Is that one of those illustrations that don't go well? Probably. <laughs> People remember them, but they don't do what they should. Yeah. Or they were like, why did he mention about why nursing a baby? A little baby motion, like he was holding yeah. a baby. Um, something else I was thinking about bitterness as I was kind of searching the scriptures topically for this, mm-hmm. that bitterness is internal. You know, mm. there's a proverb, proverb 14, 10 and 30. It says 14, 10 says the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. Ooh, That's an interesting one because the heart knows the bitterness that you have. Mm. Mm-hmm. but no other stranger and it says shares its joy hmm. that is super so crazy yeah and then proverbs 14 30 it says a tranquil heart or a healing heart gives life to the flesh but envy or it could be jealousy or bitterness so a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh but bitterness makes the bones rot hmm. and i was just thinking about that imagery and like even how we feel Bitterness is an internal reality mm-hmm. of our unforgiveness or our hurt. Cause a lot of times it does come from hurt and wrong mm-hmm. that happened, mm-hmm. but we have turned it internal and now allowing it to just rot us away, kill us. And yeah. no one else knows it. Like, you yeah. know, no way you can explain it to somebody else to let them feel what you feel. Hmm. Because it's such a that's re- that's, individual that's really internal feeling and mm-hmm. experience. It's it's really mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I like that you mentioned that it could be a totally legitimate hurt. Yeah, you know, it totally legitimately somebody sinned against you. Probably is. I mean, there could be yeah. times when you could be bitter, and there's no good reason for it. But you know, a lot of times this is a legitimate sin against you. It's just what are you going to do with that? Yeah, you know rehearsing in your mind how the offense was a legitimate sin against you is not going to be helpful. I mean, I'm going to take it for, uh, take it for granted that your bitterness is due to a legitimate sin against you. Yeah. But then what are you going to do? Cause just, just saying, well, no, it was a real sin. It was a real sin. Well, okay. Yes. Let's just grant you that. This is a dangerous path to go down though, to just turn that thing over and just nurse that thing. Especially if we're calling ourselves a believer, right? When there's commands, don't let the root of bitterness take hold. Yep. Yeah. I was just gonna say, what about what about in the middle of the Lord's prayer? Forgive us as we forgive our those who trespass against us. Saying, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, like, what does it say at the end after the prayer? Yeah. It says, "Forgive." If you don't forgive, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. Yeah, it's so embedded in just the heart of 
being a disciple of Jesus because forgiveness is the gospel, you know, that we've been forgiven by God. And so if we're, you know, if we find ourselves completely unable to do it, it it's a real warning. There's a real yeah. warning there. And that's not to say that you should right now, you know, people that are listening, if you've been hurt by somebody in just horrific ways, that's not to say that this second you have to be able to do that. But I would say you got to want to do it and you need to pursue doing it, doing it, meaning forgiveness. You've got to find a way get a, get with a friend, get with a pastor, get with somebody because you know, you can't let this thing grow. You can't. Yeah, that's, that's good. So you kind of were touching on it right now, right before the Matthew six passage, the Lord's prayer, but what are some signs? Like, how can we know? that we're either becoming bitter or are bitter towards somebody. What are some signs that somebody's bitter? Cause I think a lot of us say things like, Oh, I forgive you or I forgive him. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of bitterness and hurt that are, that's still there, mm-hmm. but either don't know that we're bitter because we don't know what bitterness looks like and the signs mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. because we're lying to ourselves or blind. But so, yeah. yeah, what are some signs of bitterness or unforgiveness? Yeah, I would say one really clear one would be the churning it over in the mind. If I'm coming back again and again to an offense in a way somebody's offended me, I, I dealt with this maybe, I don't know, a decade ago, where I was, there was somebody that had offended me in, in, in a few ways. And I found that it was the strangest thing. I found that whenever I did like home projects or were mowing the lawn or something, you know, times when I might feel frustrated because I get frustrated doing home projects or yard work (laughs) that I would start thinking about this person. It was so interesting that the frustration of that work brought out this thought process. And I don't know if this happens to anyone but me, but I remember to me, as you said that, I was like, wow, that is, that's crazy. It's weird that it'd be linked to this thing. Like I'm mad at the lawn. Therefore I'm mad at this guy and I'm churning over the things, you know, the ways in which I, I believe he wronged me. And what was really interesting is I do remember a day when I was doing yard work and realized that I wasn't doing that anymore. And that was a real good sign that God was at work in my heart because I was like, you know what? I, I don't have anything to think about, you know, yeah. I'm not having that process. So I would say the, the churning it over in my mind, I would also say, you know, we've all been around people that keep bringing stuff up the same offenses like they'll especially older people you know older people sometimes they have nursed a grudge for years and it comes out of them frequently they'll talk about it there was a a friend of mine that was doing that one time and he was telling me the story and he could have told me the story just to tell me the story what he learned from it and what he learned from the lord but you could tell that it was like it still bothered him a lot and i said well have you forgiven her and he said Oh, I forgave her. And I was like, hmm, you know, a couple things. The way he told the story didn't sound like you forgave her. And when you said, oh, I forgave her, that didn't sound like you forgave her either. And so I would say kind of bringing that up. And then, you know, if there are relationships that are appropriate relationships that you should be having with a person and it's grown more and more and more distant, that can be an evidence too of bitterness. Yeah, I've noticed one way I kind of act out when I'm starting to become bitter is I try to avoid the person. 
like yeah that's it's the happened, thing i'm it, talking about yeah yep. it's happened at church where like mm-hmm. man i'm starting to i've had a conflict with somebody and mm-hmm. i'm starting to have those internal dialogues with them where we're arguing and he's not there yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then i see him at church and i'm like dang it oh and i want to walk the other way mm-hmm. and i put on a fake smile and that's yeah that's one sign that I, yeah that you were kind of talking about that i yeah really feel and i experience it a lot at when i've had conflicts at church which mm-hmm. sucks and mm-hmm. then another one that i've noticed for myself and i think it's similar is you nitpick everything that the person does like right. everything when you're around them everything they do is not good enough right it's crazy and it's oh see how he didn't open the door for that person Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Mm -hmm. see that's and you're just building up a case why he's wrong and Mm -hmm. he's a jerk or she is Mm -hmm. and you're good and you're just so much better and righteous Mm -hmm. and man that kills me i hate Mm -hmm. when i'm like that yeah so you have no grace for that person yeah because you made a pattern and yeah because you've made a, a pattern in your mind of not giving that person grace so you know, and then it builds more of the case too, right? Like this person wronged me. They're this kind of person, you know, this is how I'm righteous and they're terrible. And oh, look, here's more evidence. Yeah. Didn't open the door. That was inconsiderate. Yeah. This fits yeah. with the pattern. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you become data. their, because <laughs> you become their accuser, right? Yep. In your mind, when you have this unresolved conflict, one of the things we want to do is we want to make sure that we are right. And so we'll have this little thought process in our minds. Well, we'll rehearse that like, okay, this is why I'm 100% righteous in this situation. And this is why this person is 100% at fault. And if we made a pattern of being their accuser, which by the way, that job's already taken by Satan, right? The yeah. accuser of the brethren, then we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be quick to nitpick because that's our job. We're the accuser now. Yeah. And then I've noticed depending on the relationship, you know, the closeness of the relationship, if it's a acquaintance that you've been hurt by, we tend to avoid and things like that, or we tend to nitpick only in our heads. But I also noticed with people as I've talked to people and have Mm -hmm. experienced it myself and seen it kind of play out is if it's a person that's closer, let's say family that you do have to interact with, we start to hurt them. We start mm-hmm. to, whether it's physically or emotionally or verbally, we start to actually act out and try to hurt them. And so like, we'll give them the silent treatment if it's a mm-hmm. spouse right. or we'll like with a kid, we'll start to take more things away from constantly nitpick mm-hmm. or yeah. Or critique Mm-hmm. our mom or dad or whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. passive aggressive and, behavior and comments exactly or even physically like and mm-hmm. we start to make fun like i notice i do that i'll annoy somebody i'll be really annoying i mean mm-hmm. i'm naturally just annoying but you know, <laughs> imagine if i'm bitter towards you you're the youngest so <laughs> it happens yeah. <laughs> but yeah like i that's one thing that i've noticed is a sign that i'm bitter towards a family member because mm-hmm. i'm not really avoiding them but I'm doing little things to kind of get at them. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes have to step back and go like, well, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Am I bitter towards them? Like what, you know, sometimes I don't even know why, but I'm, I'm acting out as a bitter person trying mm-hmm. to hurt them for how mm-hmm. they hurt me. And yeah, so that was just something I, I've seen in myself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a trap for sure. You know, there's that old saying of bitterness is taking a poison into yourself, hoping to harm another. Yeah. So it's like, every time you do that in your mind, you're like, oh, that'll get them. And they're not even aware of it. So the only, you know, it's a, it's a self poisoning and it's sin and it's because it's not loving your neighbor as yourself at all and not even close because you would give yourself a lot more grace than that. And so I think if we think about bitterness, you know, I think we've done a fairly good job of kind of describing what it's like and the evils of it, which it is evil. Maybe the the next thing is to think, okay, well, what's the path out? Because I don't think it's helpful just to say, you know what, we need to just stop thinking that way. Oh, you know, this bit, you need to stop it. Okay. Well, that's true. You do need to repent of it whenever you have that thought process you've built a habit in your mind, in your heart, in your soul of doing this over and over again. And there needs to be whenever you recognize it, repentance. And so it might be helpful what we just talked about because you go like, Oh, okay. I know what it looks like. And now I know I need to repent of those thoughts. And so we need to pray and ask, ask the Lord to take those away and replace those and, and ask him to give us Christ thoughts for these people and, and those kinds of things. But I think one of the other things we need to do, that's important, but I think one of the other things we need to do is we need to go bitterness is unforgiveness. And that makes it a lot clearer. It, it puts a handle on it to where you can grab onto it, you know, cause bitterness is pretty slippery until you go like, okay, if bitterness is unforgiveness, well, now I've got a bunch of texts that come alive there on yep. what I might need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the overarching thing is, you need to forgive. But so, yeah. So how to move past unforgiveness or bitterness, you would say have the right mindset of the biblical sin that bitterness is, is mm-hmm. unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then, and so what else? So like, let's say you're mowing your lawn or you're just go, driving and mm-hmm. you're thinking of somebody negatively and you're mulling it over in your head, some incident or even just who they are. And you're just being rude to them. Mm-hmm. and unkind what does somebody do in that instance mm-hmm. i think the most helpful thing in the just what you just described that you know i'm driving along and i'm thinking would be out loud prayer of repentance like lord you hear my thoughts you saw that and you've seen me do this a thousand times before and i need out of this you know like yeah. lord i agree with you <laughs> you know you don't want me to live in this I don't want me to live in this. At least yeah. at this moment, I don't want it. Like sometimes I yeah. do because it's kind of tasty to feel like the victim and righteous and better than other people. You know, there is a tastiness to bitterness, which is weird, but it's true. Like we kind of like feeling like we're the righteous one, you know? Yeah. But to, to say, Lord, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be like this. You don't want me like this. Like what good news that it's such good news of the person stuck in bitterness that God doesn't want them to be bitter either, you know? Yeah. And that he's ready to help. And so then it would be a question of just asking the Lord, help me to know how to resolve this. Help me to, Matthew 18 would say that if your brother sins against you, that you need to go and tell them your fault, their fault one-on-one. And so if there's a persistent pattern of bitterness, you know, there may be a need for a conversation. There isn't a way to forgive this without coming to the person. Then that's something that needs to be done. It's a beautiful yeah. il- illustration too of bitterness in Matthew 18, where the unforgiving servant. Yeah. And it says that the unforgiving servant grabbed that other servant. Sure, and began, choking him. Yes. I think that's so helpful. 
you know, <laughs> says, he, he began to choke. Wait, to choke soul. somebody is so helpful or no, I, it's not. No, it's, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's a really helpful image of like the, so the unforgiving servant, Matthew 18, grab the other servant, by you know, so began to choke him and said, pay me what yeah. you owe. Yeah. And I just feel like, man, that is what I do in my heart when I'm bitter. Yep. Is I'm choking him out in my mind and I'm saying, pay me what you owe, you know? Yeah. And he and, was just forgiven of a lifetime of debt. Yes. And the guy Multiple just owes lifetimes. him a, yes. a day's wage. Yeah. And Multiple he, lifetimes. It's, it is so crazy, but it, it does resonate. Yeah. It does it, resonate. Big time. Makes you feel really dumb, foolish, yeah. and wicked. It does. Yeah, so if anyone's really needing a passage that would help to diffuse their bitterness, it would it would be in Matthew 18 in the parable of the unforgiving servant. It's yeah, just massive, yeah. you know. Yeah, Matthew 18, I'm just going to find the verse 21 through 35. Yeah, and, yeah. and this, the thing there that Jesus is getting across is that if we are not able to forgive, it makes us really, it should make us really wonder how much we're, appreciating and understanding yeah. what we've been given. I mean, there must be a gospel disconnect. If I can't forgive another person, it means that I am not in that moment. I'm not saying the person's not a believer. I'm just saying in that moment, I am not feeling the weightiness of my own forgiveness. And that's what happened, you know, in Ephesians four, it says, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Yeah. Again, says in the end of that parable, Matthew 18, 34 and 35, it says, and in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. The master that just forgave him all that debt, he delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Right. It's really, it is really scary, like how bitterness and unforgiveness just rules our hearts sometimes. Mm -hmm. And passages like this that were to be so influenced and affected in a positive mm -hmm. way by what Jesus has done, what the Father has done through mm -hmm. his Son by forgiving us of all everything. Mm -hmm. And not even just forgiving us and giving us a clean slate, but actually giving us righteousness, giving mm -hmm. us good deeds. And if we turn around and our hearts are still hard, yeah. have you know, the question does come is like, have we experienced that? Have we truly received it, even though it's offered to us? Mm -hmm. You know, because if we are, it should at least start the process of suffering. Yeah. yeah. And I would say to anybody listening, this is really dealing with bitterness. Like, I think that what the Lord requires of you in this moment is to want that yeah. and to pursue that because forgiveness is a event and a process. I mean, it, you know, when you grant somebody forgiveness, you're making a promise before the Lord and maybe to them if they're present, but you're definitely making a promise before the Lord that you're going to release this person from their debt. But that promise is a, is a process too, that there's pain involved in forgiveness. I think that's one thing that people need to realize. Well, I mean, something I need to realize is that forgiveness is painful. Yeah. Right? It's taking the penalty of sin upon yourself. I mean, you're experiencing a pain without giving it back. So you sinned against me. There's a pain in that. And instead of sending it back to you, I'm going to absorb it. 
that's what God did on the cross, right? <laughs> Instead of dishing out the pain that we deserved out to us in judgment, he took it on himself. And so, you know, to really forgive something that's substantial, I mean, we can talk about the easy things to forgive, but we're forgiving of substantial sin. It's going to hurt. And the Holy Spirit's going to be there to support you through that hurt, but it's going to hurt. I mean, yeah. And anyone that tells you otherwise is like, hasn't forgiven anything big, you know? I mean, you know, there's that C.S. Lewis quote that I really love where he says to be a Christian is to forgive the inexcusable because God in Christ has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And I remember one time in the old days when I had social media, I remember posting it. I remember multiple people arguing with it saying, well, I don't think we're called to forgive inexcusable things. And I was like thinking that's the only kind of things that you can forgive as inexcusable things. If it's excusable, it's not something. You shouldn't be bitter. Yeah. You shouldn't be bitter. Doesn't need forgiveness. If it has a great excuse, you know, like they accidentally hit me. So I'll forgive you. But yeah, yeah. we're talking about things that were like, inexcusable like, yeah that's definition. you purposely hit me now nah, that's inexcusable <laughs> like, you know. well, this is a very um, narrow band <laughs> that we're calling yeah. for all the stuff where people didn't really do that much to us and we shouldn't be angry about it but, yeah i like the word that you used you said absorbs you know i heard a quote about kind of bitterness that says grace or talking about bitterness that says grace absorbs evil and gives good mm. And it's like taking it in and it was talking about because Christ did that exact same thing. And so I like that word they use absorbs. Yeah. yeah. Because also the one thing that I've noticed about bitterness, and I remember I met up with a with you with a friend, because mm-hmm. I was I was bitter and hurt and all these things. And you were like, Okay, so how are you hurt? And I started naming all these things. My friend was like, uh, what's the big deal? And you said something, <laughs> it was just so embarrassing because I'm like, yeah, what is the big deal? I'm like, you didn't say hi to me. And you said something that was really helpful to me, understanding my hurt and understanding bitterness. You said, mm-hmm. it's like a bruise that somebody keeps tapping. Mm. And so though the hurt seems so ridiculous, like, mm. well, you didn't say hi to me that day. You didn't tell me this. You're like, it's because he has a bruise from some hurt in the past. Yeah. And now every little time you touch it, mm-hmm. it sends throbbing pain. Wow. So as he's, you were like, as Gabe's explaining his hurt, that's why it sounds maybe a little ridiculous. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's bruised. Yeah. And so every little thing you do, it just hurts him even more. So when I have come to people in my bitterness, it's so scary because how pathetic I really seem. Mm-hmm. But man, when we're that deep and that layer is so hard because it's been yeah. years. Yeah. The almost the only way at times is mm-hmm. to just go and confess to the person how angry you've been towards mm-hmm. them. Right. And just sound ridiculous, sound mm-hmm. foolish mm-hmm. Yeah. and like childish, but it's mm-hmm. because that's what we're called to. And it's extremely scary. I've had to do it multiple times because i am very immature when it comes to it says it's the glory of man to overlook an offense i am not mm-hmm. good at that a lot of times i have to talk through my stuff yeah 
I'm such a baby when it comes to conflict. And when I don't talk about it right away, man, I've grown bitter a lot. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah I, I feel like, okay, maybe I'm being ridiculous, but what's the other option? Yeah, I stay mean, ridiculous. You, you, could, <laughs> yeah. you could realize, I could realize my ridiculousness and yeah. I could truly forgive the person without going to them. But obviously I'm not doing that, you know? Obviously that, that's not happening right now. So my only other option is to go to them and reveal my ridiculousness, you know? I mean, it's got to be taken care of. And I think that's one thing that I think with bitterness is like, just to people are listening, it's like, take it seriously. And yeah, I do want to circle back around too to this, which I think is very hope giving and practical, which is I mean, realistic. Forgiveness is a process. There's some things you can just, you know, forgive them and stamp it done. And it's probably not going to come back. But there's other things that it might take some time, you're going to you're going to make a promise to forgive this person. And a couple of weeks from now, you're going to go back on your promise. And then you have to repent and go before the Lord and say, Lord, I said, I was going to forgive this. Give me the power to forgive it. Like yeah. that's reasonable. As long as there's a, a heart to forgive and there's a coming back to the Lord and saying like, Lord, I did make this promise. I pray you help me to keep it. But that's on you at that point, right? The repentance is your repentance because you're not keeping a promise you made before the Lord to forgive the person. And that's the process that I think can be quite painful, but it's also a process where you're going to grow closer to the Lord through this because you're going to be leaning on him and you're going to see the spirit at work. And, and God clearly wants to free you from bitterness. Otherwise there would not be a ridiculous amount of commands saying that we should not do it and that we need to forgive. And it's embedded right in the middle of our faith. So very clear God is on your side to be freed from this. Well, it's so freeing too, because it's like somebody eating a food that they're allergic to that they don't know they're allergic to. Hmm. Once the doctor finds out that allergy, it Hmm. is extremely liberating to the person. Yeah. Or like people that go years without being allergic, having any allergies Mm -hmm. in Southern California, which is very rare. (laughs) And then, you know, they hit their thirties and they become just have a ton of allergies but they don't know it. They're having headaches. They're mm-hmm. having sinus problems. It's so relieving when they take that allergy pill. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and I think that's with us with bitterness. So many of us are living a life, taking in something that's hurting us and holding us down and slowly killing us. Yep. And the only way to be transformed and be liberated from that is to be transformed by the gospel. Mm-hmm. He who loves much forgives much. Yeah. He who loves little has been forgiven little. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, we got to fight for that freedom. And it's going to be so liberating, so freeing. Last thing I want to close on, because we're going to finish up in a couple minutes. But when we tell someone that we forgive them, what are we promising? Or what do we mean by that biblically? Because it says in... Ephesians 4.31, forgive as God and Christ forgave Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And so many of us use that lingo. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgive you or I forgiven him. Yeah. So what does that mean? What are we promising? That'd probably be a podcast worth doing is just talking about that. But I'll give it to you real quick. One tool that we use a lot in our church in counseling and on ourselves, counseling ourselves is uh, 
four promises of forgiveness. So four promises of forgiveness. If I say I forgive you, I'm promising not to dwell on the incident. So that's a promise about my own internal thought life that I'm not going to dwell on what you've done. I'm going to release you from it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to be choking you out in my mind. I'm not going to be rehearsing. So I'm not going yeah. not to dwell on it. I'm not going to talk about it to other people. And that's a beautiful thing, right? That you won't talk about it to other people. I could imagine exceptions that where there's some redemptive purpose in doing it. But usually when people are talking about these things, other people, they're, they're complaining <laughs> about the person. Yeah. So I won't dwell on it. I won't talk to other people about it. I won't bring it up and use it against you. And that's very practical in marriages where we like to hold on to ammo for later. And, yeah. you know, when there's a fight, I can say, oh, you always do this. And here's my list of grievances of when you have in the past. So I will not bring it up and use it against you, which is so precious, man. This is a great promise, you know, yeah. you're not going to hear about this again for me. And then the last one is I won't let it stand in the way of our relationship. And in any appropriate relationship, there's some situations where there's no appropriate relationship to be there anymore. And that would take some unpacking, but let's just say in every most typical relationships, you're going to not let it stand in between you, let it stand in the way of our relationship, which is like what you're talking about, avoiding them and silent treatment and distance and all those kinds of things. And it's so, it's such an amazing gift you're giving to this other person to actually release them from their debt. You actually release them from their debt. One of our kids, I remember years ago had done something and, he was in trouble and he argued with us a bunch about it. And eventually he came to see that it was the case and he repented of it. And I told him I forgave him. And it was, it was so amazing. Later that day, he came to me and he had tears in his eyes and like, he said something like, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry about that. I feel really bad. And I was like, buddy, I already forgave you. It's done. You don't have to keep coming back. You don't have to yeah. grovel. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, avoid me. You don't have to do extra things <laughs> to make it up to me. I released you you from your debt. You know, I'm not thinking about it anymore and you shouldn't that's be good. either. Yeah, that's You're good. released. Don't think about it. I'm not thinking about it. I don't want to talk yeah. about it. That's what I told him. I said, I actually don't want to talk about this again. Yeah, it's not an item of concern <laughs> to me anymore, you know? Yeah. And it was cool to be able to do that. You know, it was just like, oh, this is it. Yeah, that's cool. So... Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, just kind of giving a couple verses to help us see that that's how God forgives us. Cause mm-hmm. we're promising these four promises of forgiveness. Won't bring it up. Won't dwell on it. Won't let mm-hmm. it hinder our relationship. And what's the other one? Don't dwell on it. Don't talk to other people about it. Oh, don't bring it up. And then don't bring it up and use it against you. And then, yeah, yeah don't, don't let, let it, it hinder our relationship. relationship. Yep. And yeah, Hebrews eight twelve says, I will be merciful towards their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. So God mm. does not bring it up. He's not our accuser. God does not dwell on it. Mm. And then Psalm 103 verse 10 says, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Wow. So he doesn't let it hinder his relationship with us because wow. he's not dealing with us according to that. He's dealing with us according to the grace that he has in mm. his son. And so we are now transformed by that call to now forgive just like he does. That's we amazing. pray for us. 
Yeah. Father, we do ask for that, that you would help us to forgive one another as you in Christ have forgiven us. And Lord, that we've been given the more immense gift. And we pray, Lord, that we'd be able to re-gift that kind of love to others because you filled us so much with joy and, and love uh, for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Street Level Theology. Have a great day, and I hope to see you next time.